Hello there, my name's Neil David and I'm the host of Eurograps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North, we don't care, we talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapsEXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. And welcome back to Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I am joined, as always, back in the saddle again with Kelly. Hello. Hello. How's it going? We didn't record two weeks ago. Uh, We had some scheduling um, issues. We were planning on recording. We had things that we were going to talk about, but unfortunately... Life sometimes gets in the way, but we're happy to be back again with all of you. And Kelly, I'm happy to be back with you. Oh, me too. Uh, I I need to share with you a game changer I discovered, and it's, it's not game changer wrestling. Uh, okay. So last, uh, when we would have recorded last episode, I was in Chicago for All, all Out. I had to remember which All show it was. And we did the sweet thing, and all right, so now the game changer I discovered. Halfway through a wrestling show, get yourself a cup of coffee and a plate of desserts. All right. That'll carry you through the rest of the show. It's fantastic. Cannot recommend it enough. I would imagine there aren't many places where you could do that. I mean, I guess you could do that in your house. Um Yeah. If you wanted, but unless you've got a suite, going to be hard to find a, uh, I don't know. Do they sell coffee at most? They don't, arenas? but they, you know what? They should. I mean, I mean, I think they should anyway. I think people would buy people. I am not a coffee drinker myself, um, but I know people now drink coffee at like all times of the day. Yeah. I always think of it as like a morning, like, oh, I got to get my energy up, got to, you know, pep up. But now people, they got iced coffee and all these different things. So people are going all the time. Yeah, so, no, I'm I'm always drinking coffee. Like coffee for me, like I don't, I probably do need the little boost to wake up. But for me, it's more just about the morning ritual, you know, just pouring the cup, sitting, reading a little something before I go to work. And then like if I do need the little extra later in the day. Time to pour another cup. Now, what's your coffee of choice? We are not sponsored currently by any coffee makers, um, but we could be. I, 
Yeah, I like uh, a lot of the Barris Brothers blends. They do good stuff. I'm typically just like bagged. You know who has, who had had good coffee? I don't know if they still sell it on their website anymore. Steve Carino sold a damn good bag of coffee. Interesting. I, you know what? I came, never knew that. Yeah, it came autographed, too, <laughs> by the uh, king of old school, Steve Carino. That was very cool. And it was it was delicious coffee. It kind of reminded me of uh, McDonald's coffee, which is very underrated, I think. McDonald's has really good coffee. Now, was it Steve Carino branded coffee, or is it coffee being sold on Steve Carino's website that he would it's just It's Steve Carino branded coffee. Oh, well, well. Can't do that when you're working in the big company, I guess. I uh, think he. I, I want to say it? it was when he was signed. Yeah, I don't remember. If, I don't know if he still does. Does he still have a? Does he still have a uh, website? We're gonna find it, out. Let's look it up. Steve Carino. Squared Circle Cafe. There it is. Wait, how'd you find it so fast? I just searched Steve Carino Coffee, and it was the first thing that popped oh. up. Oh, man, you can get uh, Mr. Wrestling 3 Espresso. Steve Carino Squared Circle Cafe. Home is being inside the... I'm waiting for the page to load. <laughs> because, wow, this is, I, this is very slow. For being a site that sells coffee, this yeah, site not... is loading very slowly. Maybe the Maybe it needs a cup. They're, they also have a YouTube uh, channel for the Squared Circle Cafe. The last video was uploaded two years ago and is entitled, Give Me Five Minutes to Tell You a Story, Colby. Oh, that's right. They, that was probably when they were going to do that match. Maybe, but this seems to imply that this channel is going to be about cooking and wrestling, <laughs> and it doesn't appear any of the seven videos that are uploaded have anything to do with food. Yeah. It seems like maybe they created it, and then they forgot they had created it, and they were like, put these up on Steve's um, personal YouTube and forgot to switch the account, and so that just could accidentally be. uploaded them to the cooking um youtube yeah here it is uh oh you can get an apron yep you can get a t-shirt now that would be a very niche thing to wear it really would be <laughs> all right well oh and i see yep they're all autographed yep and at the time one of the kinds i wanted to buy uh he was out of stock on so he, you know, canceled the order on that one and then gave me a free bag of another kind. So that was very cool. Wow. Well, Squared Circle Cafe, if you're look if you've ever wanted to uh sponsor a podcast, I think you found them. Yeah. Right here. Uh but I can we... actually talk about enjoying the product. <laughs> All right. Well, we are sadly Maybe, probably not sadly, not a coffee podcast. I'm sure there's many coffee podcasts out there. Uh, we are a Joshi podcast, and we're going to talk about a lot of Joshi wrestling. We're going to talk about some things that happened in the last two weeks. We're going to touch on even some things that happened in the two weeks prior that we would have talked about last episode. Uh, we'll just briefly touch on those. But before we do, we got to get the plugs in. 
Follow us on Twitter at jbombaudio, or you can follow Kelly at Comic Geek Kelly. You can follow me at Tay Mambo. Subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. If that app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate a five-star rating and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. So let's get right into it. Not really going to go totally in-depth on any one show, but we're going to talk about a number of shows that we have watched, starting with the last few uh, five-star Grand Prix events in stardom. Of course, we are recording this over the weekend, so the most recent five-star Grand Prix matches have happened and have not been uploaded yet, so won't be discussing those per usual, but still Lots to discuss action from September 2nd, September 3rd, some action from September 9th, um, and also some other shows. Kelly, any highlights that you want to call out from uh, the last two weeks of five-star Grand Prix action? First off, I want to talk about this September 2nd show and how it had one of the single ugliest venues I've ever seen watching wrestling. Did you did you see any of this show? I did, although I don't think it struck me as the ugliest venue I've ever it seen. It looked like they were wrestling in a prison. It was like just gray cement everywhere, just they like they tried, you know. They hung up their banners, but it looked like they were wrestling in a prison, and it was so distracting to me, <laughs> just how ugly everything was. Yeah, now and I'm like, going, it, I'm going back to look. I guess it didn't stick out to me because there's a lot. I feel like it sort of has that gray, um, like cement wall look that I feel like a number of buildings have in japan sort of smaller buildings that people run so maybe i'm just used to it and i think maybe more than anything it stands out just because the lights are on everywhere and it's just like oh yep there it is it feels very much like they're just like in the corner of like a convention center running this show it's just a super weird space the fukuyama big rose um event venue it's funny because i when we get to the tokyo joshi portion of the show i have venue talk so really uh a lot of focus uh this week on the the venues of wrestling um the one thing i just wanted to uh talk about about the five-star grand prix you know i think we're sort of in the or at least these two weeks are sort of in the past the opening but not close enough to the end where you sort of get these smaller shows that are you know the matches are fine but i think most of them are sort of nothing to um write home about Mm -hmm. for the most part but i thought that the cork and hall show on september 9th was really good i thought they had four really good matches they're all very strong um the crowd was super uh, hyped and into them, which I think really helps. So that to me, by far of all the five star stuff were the obvious, um, standouts of 
this period. And I think if someone were asking like, hey, what should I watch? I might just say, hey, just watch the, you know, the Cork and Hall show. It's only four matches. Um, so an easy watch. But that really was what stuck out to me. Um, yeah, I totally period. agree with that. Those those shows just had a different energy from all the other ones. Because like the 9-2 show, that was it, it felt like a house show. Everyone kind of put in like they, the matches were decent. But, you know, everyone kind of did like half effort because they're in this weird building with like 400 people, maybe. So it was rightfully so they put in half effort i would say uh the nine three show was fine like the the five star stuff was all right the top of the card i thought was pretty good too with the title matches um i thought the tag match was by far the best match on the show um i thought the top two were fine but sort of the outcomes were never in doubt like i didn't think lisa sarah was going to be heading over to you know las vegas to defend the strong women's title uh and of course i didn't think mirai was going to lose either so really no surprise there felt more of a low-key show and then of course the high-speed title match was just sort of the high-speed title has definitely returned back to the thing where it's like hey we need five minutes to kill here oh let's just do a high-speed title match yeah. unfortunately because i liked uh the old version but mm-hmm. um, it was fine but yeah i really liked the tag title match thought it was good it's sort of what i expected from uh the four competitors with uh cosmic natsupoy and uh, sayori and maceira and suzu suzuki sort of what you would expect but if someone were to ask i would say watch um that would be the match to watch for me yeah i would definitely agree uh i liked the uh the mirai and konami match a lot too that was probably my favorite mirai match in quite a while but like the one thing that really stuck out to me was and i'm not sure if it was a botch or not but mirai should never do that belly to belly suplex where she just dumped konami on her forehead ever again (laughs) that's how you paralyze someone (laughs) that was really like that was i was just sitting there watching and i kind of just leapt out of my seat and was like oh shit she killed her well and it's interesting because i also have the uh, cage match ratings here um the highest match on that show was very clearly the tag match at 8.46 but the main event only getting 6.51 that's which is really low because i liked really that shocking. match quite a bit i think there's a lot or i've seen a lot of um, I don't think among the general populace of stardom fans that there are many people who really enjoy Risa Sarah. Um, That's insane to me. <laughs> I like her, but the, I, I feel like a lot when sort of she has matches, you know, singles matches, more prominent matches, sort of the feedback is usually like, oh, we don't care about her. Um, so maybe that's it because it is a shocking I mean, there's one match on the show lower than that, which is the opening match, uh, which was between Micah and Megan Bain defeating Mariah May and Mina. The only match even that low, although Utami and Momo got, you know, their Grand Prix match 6.89. So not that high either. 
And which is weird because I really liked that match. Like, I thought that was it. I think in my notes, I called it a digest version of an epic. Like, it really just felt like they were running through like an epic main event, but they're like, all right, we got to cut half this shit and stuff it into this 10 minute time slot. And it was, I thought it was great. It was a good reminder that Momo is still awesome when she leaves behind the Wado Tide nonsense. But it really fell to also tie in the September 10th uh, Dream Tag Festival show. It really felt like two shows that sort of, I don't know, not went under the radar, but it feels sort of like during this period more than in previous years. It feels like the usual sort of watchers or the people who I would like see talking about the show after the show ends are sort of like skipping these shows or sort of being like, Oh, I'll watch them sort of when I get to them because they're not vital shows more than usual. I don't know if you see that, or maybe it's because like I happen to not be on social media when the majority of talk is happening. Um, I, I, I definitely think like, Hype on stardom is pretty down right now. And not like, it's not as though people aren't excited about the promotion. It's just, I don't see people talking about it the way they were just a couple months ago. I really think that people are starting to get worn down by all of these shows and all of these pay-per-views. Yeah, I mean, the, the Dream Tag Festival, obviously I knew it was happening, but it's usually one of those things where you know, I'm like going on social media. And if I look for a minute after a a big stardom show, it's like the whole page is like, Oh, here results. And here's talk about it. And here's this for like two days. I had almost forgotten the show had happened. Say I completely forgot it happened until someone sent me a gif. And I was like, huh, I guess I got to watch that. (laughs) Cause it was like really not a lot of people. And the people who were talking about it were sort of, like, well, shrug, which is funny because in, you know, getting our notes ready for this episode, you know, I watched the show. I thought it was a perfectly fine, enjoyable show. You know, I liked the sort of, um, it felt a little like a throwback stardom show and that they had some of that energy of, especially with like Hannon and Mariah, like switching uh, costumes, outfits and like coming out as each other or sort of these weird teams. It had sort of that energy of the, you know, the old costume switch uh, battle Royal that they used to do. So it the felt old stardom sort of, era where everyone likes where each video file starts with each of the wrestlers cutting a promo directly into the camera. <laughs> correct. Um, so I enjoyed it for that, but it was just sort of one of those shows where I watched and I was like, this was enjoyable, but probably in, two weeks time I'll never think about the show again um, other than the fact that they did set up a couple of you know title challenges and they had um, Kyrie come out and tell everyone that she's once again leaving uh, and they set up a, a six-person tag for October but then I was sort of shocked to go into cage match and see that the Wrestling Observer had given four and a half stars to the semi-main event. That's insane. <laughs> which I was like, I thought the match was good. I sort of enjoyed it. I knew from the 
moment it started that it was going to a time limit draw, which maybe held it back for me. But I was like, I could see someone being like, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Like four stars, cool match. You know, I enjoy yeah, seeing. I was, I was three and three quarters. Yeah. Like I could totally see that as like, oh, an enjoyable match, obviously for very talented people. Same thing with the main event. Um, I really liked the uh, Azumi Starlight Kid team there and sort of that interesting dynamic of Kid not really being a heel for uh, an evening. But I'm like, four and a half stars is like, this is one of the best matches of the entire year. That's which wild. I didn't think. It really goes to show you how much Dave's rating system has been just destroyed by him breaking the the five star scale. Well, and I I'm so interested to be like, is it the fact that he just comes in and watches like someone says to him, oh, you got you should watch this. And he watches it and it's the only match he'll watch for a three week span. And he's like, wow, this is great. And then just is like four and a half stars. But you could be right that now the standard is what's the highest he's ever gone? Seven and a quarter or something? I think so, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just very. I just saw that and I was sort of like, oh, what? Uh, <laughs> and was taken aback because even the cage match is 8.3, which translates to four and 4.1, which isn't really a star rating, but you know, in the four range. So I'm like, okay, sure. You know, and probably the people who are voting are, you know, fans of the promotion. So I'm sure they would like the match, but I thought it was a solid, fun sort of distraction of a show, but nothing. I I think again, if someone said to me, Oh, what do I really have to watch from the show? I'd sort of be like, well, you don't have to watch anything. You know, no. the top two matches are fun if you've got the time, but there's nothing that's like go out of your way and, catch this match i liked after the semi-main event when uh prominence came out to attack julia and suzu and i'm like oh hell yeah this is awesome and then risa sarah cut the promo she's like yeah we're gonna be here for tag league and i was like oh fuck tag league <laughs> yes they did announce the tag league teams um i think as in previous years um on this podcast we may be slightly light on you know, we'll certainly talk about them, um, and I'm sure they'll have some big shows during that period. But, you know, especially this year, looking at the list of teams that are in it, it is certainly not a um, it's not a list of teams that makes you think they're really going to go out there and and put in, you know, nothing to do with the wrestlers, but sort of they're going to go out there and make this a big deal. It feels like, oh, we have yeah. to do Tag League at this point in time. So uh, here are some teams. It's very much like, but what if you don't? Just like, what if, what if, what if you just don't do a tag league? Have you considered that? What if everyone in Japan just stops doing tag league? How about that? Bar, bar all tag leagues for one full year. Yeah. When's the last time there's been a tag league that's been like, oh my god, you gotta watch insert literally any match. Like, fuck, tag league sucks. It always does. And regardless of company, this isn't me shitting on stardom. This is me shitting on the concept of tag league. Because half of it is like, oh, they're not gonna win. They're not gonna win. They're not gonna win. They're Alright, there's like 
the two viable teams that could win this. Oh, Gallows and Anderson win again. Great. Yeah. I mean, I think at least for stardom, it's probably nice for the wrestlers to have a period of two months where you're in a tag. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, every night I'm going to go out and I'm going to be in a tag. So I'm only going to have to do half the work after I just spent, you know, how long has this tournament been? Two and a half months. Yeah. You know, wrestling in singles matches, especially the people at the top who you're like, oh, they are going to come out and they're going to have, you know, like Shuri. It's not like she comes out and is like, oh, great. I'm going to do like a four minute uh, comedy match now. <laughs> it's like, well, I have to go out and have a great match because that's what people are coming to see. You know, see me wrestle. Yeah. So I'm sure for the wrestlers, it's a nice break. I bet secretly everyone in the red block is psyched that Saya got hurt. Not because of anything to do with her, just because they get a night off then. <laughs> well, and speaking of that, we also have the standings, the current standings of the five-star Grand Prix over in the Red Stars block. Uh, as mentioned, Saya Kamatani with zero points because of her injury. All of her matches are forfeit. Uh, then at the bottom, Starlight Kid and Ami Sore at four, Suri at seven, Mayu Iwatani also at seven, Hazuki and Suzu Suzuki at eight, Tom Nakano and Natsupoi at nine, and Natsukatora all the way up the highest point score so far of the tournament with 12. Unbelievable. I don't know what we did to deserve this. <laughs> uh, and then in Blue Stars, Hanan at the bottom with two. Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May, and Azumi at six. Micah at seven. Momo Watanabe, Mirai, Sayori Ano, and Utami at eight. And Julia on top of the block with nine. But that a very close block. Uh, what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of the 10 competitors are within three points of each other. And we got a lot of Grand Prix action coming up. So certainly that could go topsy-turvy, but it seems to me like Natsuka Tora has, um, has a good leg up as we get to the final phase of this and i believe she's only got one more match she faces hazuki on uh, on the uh final show so she can get up to 14 uh, i'm just trying to see could like i mean of... shit you might as well just because then you're not burning a big match if tora's in the red block finals or well she's in the finals and i thought that well i guess it could happen because I guess, but I guess that would mean the winner would have to come out of the Blue Stars block. And oh, absolutely. for a moment, I thought that Sayori was going to come out of the Blue Stars block because that would be someone where it's like they won, but they can also lose in the finals. But also, I'm wondering if they think, oh no, we don't want her winning a block and being like, oh, she's better than nine other people in stardom when, you know, she's still freelance. We have the um, finals everyone expected, uh, Natsuka Tora versus Sayori Ano. <laughs> um, but you got a lot of contenders in that blue star block, so it will be um, 
looking increasingly likely that the winner probably comes out of that block. Uh, but we will talk about the upcoming five-star matches uh, shortly. What else has been happening? The Seedling Show. We were going to talk about the August 25th show last episode. Um, so we will touch briefly on it here because I know both of us uh, want to talk about the excellent main event, Sari winning the Beyond the Sea title, defeating Arisa Nakajima uh, in a match that was excellent. And I know, Kelly, you agree. Yes, uh, probably going to end up on my top 10 of the year. I absolutely love this match. I went five stars. Uh, one of the stiffest matches you'll ever see. Just insane strikes in this one. It was, it was, the wild thing is like how close this match was to being a draw and it just never dragged for us. Like it was just go, go, go from beginning to end and just was nuts. It felt mean. Just the, all the offense felt like these two really want to hurt each other and just, Yes, that's what I want. Give me that in my wrestling. This was so good. Wow, I really enjoyed it. I was only at four and a half stars, but I um, thought it was excellent. My biggest takeaway was, um, I don't even know if I said this at any point on the podcast, but you know, I think about three months ago or something like that, I was starting to think a little that you know, stardom and to an extent Tokyo Joshi have really separated themselves in the world of Joshi. And I think with the um, issues going on in Ice Ribbon and Seedling, you know, Nanai sort of moving over to stardom and different aspects of this, I was like sort of independent Joshi wrestling feels like it's really struggling for any sort of momentum like shows were good. They were having good matches, but it didn't really feel like, okay, this is something I can say to someone who doesn't watch Joshi. Like, Oh, this really exciting thing is happening. This something cool is going on. And I think Sari coming back has been exactly what a lot of these companies and the scene in general need. Cause it feels like between this match and the two uh, Sariism shows, there's really sort of, and Seri appearing on a lot of other um, companies' shows, it feels like there's been a sort of spark and some of these shows that had sort of felt like they were languishing a little now feel like they've got some energy back. Um, and I think that's really great. Obviously, it was a great match, but that was sort of my biggest takeaway that it's like, yes, this is some sort of breath of fresh air that they needed sort of to restart some of the momentum that these companies had and maybe had lost over the past however long. It's really good to have Sari back from her retirement. Yeah, she also had uh, just uh, a little bit ago, just yesterday, I believe, um, Seedling had another show on September 16th. Uh, Sari in the main event taking on Rico Kaiju in a singles match. That match I did watch. Um, a really fun match. Not a not certainly not on the level of the match with uh, Arisa, but very good, very hard hitting. A uh, lot of big strikes in that one. So I would recommend uh, check it out. It's a fun match. I think Rico Kaiju is 
you know, for whatever you could say, oh, you know, now Nanai is gone and Seedling sort of lost momentum. But Rico Kaiju, I think, has become sort of an unqualified success for that company, a very small company sort of training this wrestler. You know, they lost, you know, had two trainees, lost one, but Rico has done very good, uh, very well for herself and should be commended. Now she's tag champion and had uh, this very fun match with uh, Seri. Nice. I got to I got to watch that. Uh, Tokyo Joshi had some smaller matches. This is what I wanted to talk about their show on August 26th uh, that they had. Kelly, did you watch any of this show? I don't. We, I we did never not, talked about it. I did not. I need I should go back and watch it or you tell me, should I go back and watch it? Well, it took place in what appeared to me to be a um sort of a disused uh, like nuclear power plant or something. It oh. was a weird like cement structure and they had a sort of thing in the middle. It was all very weird looking to me <laughs> um, like a decommissioned uh, like nuclear testing building or something. Fantastic. Uh, I watched uh, the Rika Tatsumi versus uh, Demonio Dos match, which I really enjoyed. They sort of went all over the building. At one point, uh, Demonio Dos badly and on purpose frightened a small child who immediately burst into tears. And they were in the background of the shot as they wrestle. And like, he did it the child immediately starts crying and you see the dad who's like holding this child just walk off. And I was like, okay, we're not going to see that child anymore. Except two minutes later, the camera refound the child and like zoomed in a tight, like headshot of this child still sobbing. Like crying, crying as like demonio does is like wandering around the building um but i was like wow that's like sort of mean to like refine this child and be like look they're crying yeah a lot of action on the uh what i believe to be the tokyo joshi bus uh there was an attempt of uh, rika to i believe run over demonio dose with the bus (laughs) um so that was a fun match. They also had the Chu Summer Party Tides match, uh, Palm Harajuku and Shoko Nakajima taking on Himawari and Mizuki. This was very much sort of a summer-themed comedy match. This one didn't really connect much with me. It was sort of very, felt very sort of low-key. They had the sort of baby pool that people went in and got wet, but it didn't really reach the heights of some other uh, sort of more comedy matches that, Tokyo Joshi has done so to me was sort of like eh. but I think the uh, Tatsumi and Demonio Dose match was fun it's a short match uh, an interesting looking venue so I would recommend that one uh, Sendai Girls had one of their two big shows on September 2nd Kelly you watched this show so what did you think about the first of two big Sendai Girls shows uh, overall, it was a pretty decent show. Nothing was like... I don't think anything was Notebook, but I feel like most things were were good. Uh, I, I, on, I didn't pay attention to Sakura Hirota versus Iger. I'm sorry. I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. But overall, decent show. Uh, the main event uh, saw 
Chihiro Hashimoto and Yu successfully defend their tag titles against uh, Hiro Matsumoto and Dash Chisako. And I believe this was Dash's return match? After she's been gone for a while? I could be wrong uh, on that. Yes. I mean, she has returned. I don't know if she had another. I would have to look it up if she had another match prior to this one. But yeah, she just made her return. Yeah. It was a weird match where I really liked parts of it. And then other parts of it just felt like a slog. And it wasn't like in most matches where it's like, oh, the first half was so slow, but the second half picked up. It was kind of like, it'd be slow. And then it'd get good. That'd be really slow. Then it get good again. It was just, it was weirdly paced. Very strange pacing. Uh, but definitely all the segments between Hashimoto and Dash were great. Uh, Dash took some crazy looking bumps in this. Uh, she She's fully back. <laughs> uh, I, went, I only went three and three quarters on that. That was my favorite match of the show. So I wouldn't say there's anything must see on this show. But it's, if you got some spare time, it's worth throwing on in the background. All right, and Ice Ribbon, also some big news from August 26th. Misa Kagura and Sumika Yanagawa won the tag titles in a three-way match. Um, the former champions, Hamako Hoshi and Makoto, and Akari and Yappi were also in that match. And also, two title changes on the shows. Abuki Hoshi defeated Yuri to win the Ice Infinity title, so the... Ice Infinity title back with a Ice Ribbon wrestler there. Uh, Marvelous just had a show on September 12th. Chikayo Nagashima and Takumi Aroha retained their tag titles over Mio Momono and Tomoko Watanabe. Um, some other things that were happening, I saw live, I went to uh, the recent GCW show in New York, uh, Crushed Up was the name which featured Maki Ito uh, taking on Killer Kelly in a match that was, uh, I thought it was fine. I actually have not uh, seen a lot of Killer Kelly. I sort of know of her. I've seen a few matches of her, but am not uh, too close of a follower of Impact Wrestling. Um, so it was a fine match, nothing crazy. I think it was the second or third match on the show, so pretty low on the card. Uh, but just always sort of shocks me how over Maki Ito is uh, in GCW. She's uh, one of the fan favorites by far. Uh, maybe the fan favorite, especially because Nick Gage uh, wasn't on this show. But I don't think I'd recommend the match, but always fun to see Maki Ito uh, live and in person. Kelly, what, do you, what else do you have for uh, this recent period of Joshi? Uh, so on August 24th, there was the seventh show from Bakagaijin and Friends. Uh, the main event of this show was Hagane Shino taking on Maya Yukihi. And this match was absolutely nuts. These two maniacs just beating the shit out of each other in this bar on this tiny ass mat. Like it, This match has one of the hardest clotheslines I've ever seen. Uh, I would definitely call it a must watch match. I want four and a half stars on it. This is really really good time all right so that's everything that has been going on but what is coming up in joshi will stardom of course as we mentioned a lot of five-star grand prix action as the tournament comes to a close here in the next two weeks uh, on september 18th 
a show, the five-star Grand Prix matches, Natsupoi against Ami Sore and Mina Shirakawa against Momo Watanabe. On the 20th, Tom Nakano against Suri, Julia against Azumi, Utami against Mirai, and Micah against Mariah May. On the 23rd, Hazuki will take on Suzu Suzuki, and Micah will take on Mina Shirakawa. On the 24th, uh, Shuri will take on Starlight Kid, and Utami will take on Hanan. Then, the flow is interrupted with New Blood 11 uh, Stardom announcing, I believe moving forward, that none of these New Blood shows will air uh, on YouTube as the first nine did, uh, which is... A little bit disappointing. It looks like they've sort of moved uh, a little bit away from the original uh, purpose of the show. So it will be interesting to see if these continue, if they go the way of stardom and showcase and sort of fade out or what happens with them. The card for New Blood 11 opening with Hina taking on Kazuna Tanaka from Wave and Hanako in a three-way match. Sexy Dynamite Princess makes her return to stardom in a three-way match, taking on Waka Tsukiyama and Tekla. Lady C will take on Ruaka. We will get Kelly's favorite match type, a passion injection match. Love a good passion injection. As Nanai Takahashi will take on Mei Sierra. Tom Nakano will take on Yuna Mizumori in a... um, I've just lost my mind Uh, in an assessment match. That's the word I was looking for. A Uh, passion assessment match. (laughs) uh, Rena will defend her future of stardom title against Azusa Inaba. That one was set up at the most recent Corican. And the main event will be another three-way, but this a three-way tag match for the uh, New Blood tag titles, the champions Karma. And Starlight Kid will defend against Hanan and Saeida and Azumi and Miyu Amasaki. But the a big stardom show of the next two weeks is on October 1st, the five-star Grand Prix Finals. It's going to feature a lot of action. Everyone in action, um, or for the most part, everyone in action. Mina Shirakawa will take on Sayori No. Hanan will take on Mariah May. Azumi will take on Momo Watanabe. Mirai will face off against Micah. Julia and Utami will go head-to-head. Hazuki and Natsuko Tora. Suri and Ami Sore. Tom Nakano and Natsupoi. Mayu Iwatani and Starlight Kid. And the winners of the blocks will face off in the final match there on that show so a lot of matches hopefully it can meet the high standards of the opening of the five-star grand prix this year which was an excellent show one of stardom's best of the year yeah definitely uh so who who do you think what's the finals what do you think because <sighs> right now i'm sitting at tora versus utami That's what I was thinking, but I'll. I'm gonna go. 
who, okay, hold on. Let me look at these. Mirai against Micah. I'm going to go Mirai and Natsukatora. Okay. I don't know, but Natsukatora, it's weird because it's three points. So to me, it's like <laughs> no one can beat her, but obviously she can get past. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, maybe it's my personal bias, but I'm like, I certainly wouldn't put Natsukatora in a, you know. Oh, certainly not. Final head to head. Do you think they let, they have Mirai win another tournament? I don't know. I just think they're so high on her and I can't get the read just because I don't feel the same that I'm just sort of like, I don't know, maybe like my, I will admit my first thought was Utami, Utami and Natsuko who already have the built in quote unquote feud anyway. Yeah. Like that was my first thought, but sort of to be different from you, uh, I picked Mirai, <laughs> but I, I was leaning Utami just cause um, I think she's a good pick that would sort of explain because I don't think, you know, I understand the point of, Oh, you would like someone in the finals who can lose, um, and sort of not, it not matter, which sort of would be Torah, but it would just feels weird to be like, you know, if it's Torah, it's not Sayori, of course. Yeah. And then it's like, they're, not gonna do momo um you know i guess they could do julia but it's the thing of utami and torah going back you know and being like oh it's a continuation of the story is at least something to me where i'm like okay that at least makes sense why you put her through because there's some background there yeah um finish the story Finish the story. Bring in Dwayne the Rock Johnson to face off against Natsuko Tora. Um, but I'm also like trying to calculate because Natsupoy and Tom. Natsupoy has one match and two matches. So if Natsuko loses to Hazuki and like Natsupoy. Poi were to win out, she would finish with 13. So it certainly is possible that someone passes her. And yeah, I mean, that's also sort of my hope because, you know, I'd like the final match to be like, yeah, I'm really excited for this and it'll be really great. Yeah. So. But we will see. Uh, in two weeks, we will be back, and we will uh, we will all know at that point, and then we can talk about how right or how wrong we were. Uh, what else is coming up? Uh, Tokyo Joshi, leading up to Wrestle Princess in October, uh, has a show on the twenty third. Uh, Saki Sama and May Saint Michel will return to take on the interesting team, well, the up-up girls team of Miyu Watanabe and Shino Suzuki. Shino! So, uh, you know, you always have to appreciate and never take for granted uh, the appearance of Neo Bishikigun because they could go back to France at any time. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Sendai Girls has their other big show on the 18th, 
by the time this episode comes out, it will, I think, have happened. Uh, that card, Rhea Marumori will take on Yura Suzuki. Manami will take on Eureka Oka. Hiroyo Matsumoto, Lena Cross, and Zones will take on Ryu Mizunami, Miyuki Takase, and Chichi. So two evolution uh, wrestlers in there. Aja Kong will take on Sakura Hirota. Chihiro Hashimoto and Yu will not defend their titles, but will wrestle against Sari and Sayori Ano. Dash Chizako and Veni will have a hardcore match. It was uh, hell yeah. It, it was officially announced, I believe, in the last two weeks that uh, Veni is going to only now go by Veni. Um, now, which makes sense. Uh, but she will have a hardcore match with Dash Shizako, which should be very good. And Millie McKenzie, the Sendai Girls champion, uh, who I believe has held the belt now for two months, will make her first defense of that title against Mika Iwata in the main event. Well, that'll be a successful defense. <laughs> And speaking of Venny, she will challenge also on October 1st. Uh, she will challenge Hikaru Shida for the Regina de Wave title in Wave. That match should be very good. Hell yeah, I'm excited for that. And to me, a match I think the result very much up in the air. Yeah, no, that could go either way for sure. Um, and I did not watch... Um, Collision or Rampage for that matter. Did Hikaru Shida turn heel on Collision? I don't know. I didn't watch Collision either. <laughs> okay. I saw a I saw a tweet or something that made it seem like she turned on Britt Baker. Um so just a question. Oh yeah, it was the the one the Nyla posted, wasn't it? Yeah. Um so just wondering Hika- if Sheeta, Sheeta, if you're listening to this show right now, you <laughs> gotta right. stop showing toes for free. You charge for those. Don't give them away for free. Yeah, you've never seen Kelly's toes online. Certainly not. You got to pay money for that. And you can pay money for that by donating to the show at redcircle.com slash show slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. Kelly, yep. if someone donates to the show, will you send them a picture of your toes? I would really rather not. Okay. Well, then that's <laughs> off the table, but... Donating is not off the table. We'd really yeah, love still, a donation. Still give us some. I mean, dip, if the money gets up to a certain level, then yeah, definitely. But like, I would, I would much rather not. I'd, I'd, feet are weird. I don't like them. I don't. But like we're not going to reveal what the money amount is that will get yeah. you over. No, so if you, you would, have you to go just high guess. enough. Y- you go high enough, you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I threw you under the bus offering. <laughs> for you That's to okay. send feet pick to That's strangers. okay. What about you? Would you do how much you you want to throw some feet out there for him? I mean, I probably would, but like you can't donate one dollar. No, definitely not. It would. I mean, it would have. To, but I think I'm probably on a lower threshold than you because I don't. Re- I'm like, I guess if you want, um, I don't care. Yeah, I'm never. I never have them. I never have them out. I'm not a flip flop guy. You're I'm more. Not, I, you're more sacred about your feet than I am. Yeah, I. I'm all always got socks on, no matter what. There's there's a sock on my foot unless I'm sleeping. Uh, Fascinating. 
there's always a shoe on if I'm outside. Yeah, I'm a not barefoot be... guy around the house. Can't do it. Not, like not it. really outside, but around the house. Uh, I don't I don't wear flip flops either, but mine is because I live in New York City where. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Would wearing flip flops outside is asking for trouble. That's just that's just having a hobo spit on your feet for no yeah. reason. Um, but anyway, Kelly, what is happening in Choco Pro? Uh, a big match is happening that I think most people are aware of, but uh, I'll throw it over to you to give the uh, final preview. Yeah, so we've got the Masahiro Takanashi 20th anniversary show coming up on the 19th, which the main event is Takanashi versus Chris Brooks, which should be a very good match. But more importantly, on the card, we have Mesa Ruga taking on Minoru Suzuki. I cannot wait. That should be fantastic. Big match. It's gotten a lot of hype since it was announced a while back. So it's finally here, and... uh. I think at the very least, it'll be an incredibly interesting watch. Yes. At the very yeah, I think minimum. they also said that Saki Akai is doing something on that show, too. All right. What else is happening in Joshi? There is a Sato Island pro wrestling show, which I had not heard of until I was compiling my notes for this show. The main event of that show, Dash Chizako, Nanai Takahashi, and Aja Kong will take on Chihiro Hashimoto, Veni and Manami. That's uh, a cool match. <laughs> in an interesting match. Also on October 1st, a big day on October 1st, the Crush Gals will have their 40th anniversary show recently announcing some matches. The Crush Gals will not be wrestling on the show, uh, but lots of talent there. And of course, we cannot leave this episode. We cannot end this episode without talking about uh, one of the biggest things sweeping the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling, certainly here in America, and that would be Sukeban, uh, the brand new wrestling promotion, which will be running um, a something, a taping, a show uh, coming up this week on September 21st. I will be there in oh, yeah. attendance. So uh, next time... We join you. We'll have some live reporting. You know, there's a lot. There's been a lot of questions on their Twitter, um, on their Twitter, whether it will be streamed. I have a feeling what's happening is they're probably going to film everything and then put in the anime segments, whatever they're doing. If if people don't know what the heck I'm talking about, uh, this is a promotion that just launched. It appears to be. Uh, heavily anime influenced or it it will be part of a show that's going to feature anime um in some way <laughs> this is a terrible description um <laughs> mainly because we don't know um yeah. will it mainly be just matches uh unsure they are a promotion they have a lot of familiar talent going by different or new names it's kind of it's joshi um, underground yes it's yes. yeah it's joshi lucha underground yeah so they have announced they have these factions uh the factions are the vandals which will be otaku chan which is kaori yonayama midnight player uh which is aoi um 
Atomic Banshee, which is Ram Kaichow, and a wrestler named Bingo, who is masked. So I don't know that we know who Bingo is at this point. Uh, the Cherry Bomb Girls is Supersonic, another masked wrestler. Uh, Crush You is You. And Rico Blondie is Rico Kaiju. So you can see some of these names fairly similar, but some like in the Dangerous Liaisons, Lady Antoinette will be played by Risa Sarah. Uh, the Queen of Hearts will be Miyuki Takase. Uh, Countess Sayori will be Sayori Ano. And Commander Nakajima will be Arisa Nakajima. And finally, there is the Harajuku Stars. Uh, Maya Mamushi will be Maya Yukihi. Uh, Babyface is Anchamu, and Ichigo Sayaka will be Sayaka Unagi. It was announced that uh, Unagi has a, I believe it's a shoulder injury. Uh, it was announced last wow. week or early this week. However, she did an interview where she said uh, she's resting up and she will be returning at this show, so she should... Uh, be there. They've announced two matches so far. Uh, a tag match, Commander Nakajima, Risa Nakajima, of course, and Lady Antoinette, Risa Sarah, will take on Maya Mamushi, Maya Yukihi, and Babyface, which is Anchamu, in uh, a tag match. And then Countess Sayori, Sayori Ano, will take on Ichigo Sayaka Unagi Sayaka. I'm sure there will be more matches announced, but Again, not sure. I don't know what's going on with this. I do know the venue they're running in New York. I have been to a number of times. Um, it's a very high-end venue. Uh, it looks sort of like an old bank. They do a lot of openings and fundraisers and things there. So a very unwrestling-like venue. But I'm looking forward to it. As Kelly, I know you are too, although you won't be there live. Looking forward to whatever content i guess you could say comes out of this yeah i am i want this to be good so bad i want this to work out i want you know i don't want this to be another case of like oh creepy promoters getting people screwing over people for money i want this to work and i want it to be good like just everything about the promotion looks cool to me i like all doing all the characters and stuff like, are you familiar much with like what a like a sukaban is? Uh, sort of vaguely. I know it's a type of, but it's sort of like a throwback yes. Japanese character, right? Because it's sort of like the street gang. Yeah. So there was thing. like the rise of these girl gangs in like the se in the early mid seventies, and they all kind of wore the sukaban. Like, I believe it's referring to some like part of the clothing like part of the school uniforms and okay no sukeban just means delinquent girl <laughs> so yeah this is it's a reference to that kind of stuff there was in the 70s the show sukeban deka which was about uh a girl who was brought in by the police as like this undercover detective and she would go beat the shit out of people with a yo-yo that had a very a striped pattern, much like the Sukeban logo. So I'm sure that's played quite a bit into the influences on this promotion. Uh, Sukeban Deka is awesome. 
It's all on archive.org last I checked, and you should watch it. It's a great time. And yeah, I I really hope this goes well. I'm jealous that you get to go to this. I, I was hoping they would do it the week after, because that's when I'll be in New York. Yeah, I mean, and really, to me, the thing about it is, you know, it could go terribly wrong. Many wrestling promotions have, um, especially wrestling promotions that are sort of promising the level of talent um, that this one is, which is quite a lot. You know, we've seen a number of other sort of Joshi focused promotions pop up here, especially in the last year in the U.S. Um, you know, a lot of those sort of bring over maybe a handful of Joshi wrestlers and then sort of fill out the card with American um, independent workers. This, at least on first glance, based on that they've announced this full roster of people, it seems to be entirely Joshi wrestlers um, and a very high level of talent. I mean, if I said to you, okay, the match is going to be Arisa Nakajima and Risa Sierra against Mai Yukihi and Anchamu. You, that would be a match that I would be like, that's going to be a great match. Yeah, that's nuts. That's an insane match. <laughs> like Sierra No versus Unagi Sayaka. Like, that's a pretty cool match that I would think, oh, that's probably going to be a lot of fun. Um, and a lot of people here where it's not the same, you know, Love Miyamashita, love Maki Ito, of course, as I talked about earlier. Always love seeing them. But they come over to the States quite a lot. You know, Hikaru Shida is in AEW. I've seen her a number of times. Even Emi Sakura, I've seen a number of times. All people I really enjoy. But, you know, if they announce a show where they're like, oh, one of, you know, Maki Ito is on the show. It's like, great, I'd love to see the show. But I've seen it, you know, if I happen to miss that show. You know, it's probable that if I had missed this latest GCW show, Maki Ito might be on the show. They already announced they're coming back to New York in December. So it's likely she'll be on that show. Whereas it's like Arisa Nakajima is not coming to the U.S., you know, every two months. Or, you know, Mayuki, he has been over um, or has talked about wanting to come over, but is less rare. I've seen some of them live, but all the way in Japan, you know, had to fly to Japan to see them. So to me, that's the most exciting thing. And I think that creates a sort of safety of like, look, maybe this TV show anime aspect will sort of screw with this, but at the bare minimum, if, you know, these wrestlers come in and they're like, Hey, we're doing this new thing and we want to impress because this could be a good opportunity. I mean, these could be excellent. This could be an excellent show with excellent matches. Um, yeah. And maybe it'll be a live show where it's really good. And maybe on TV, it's less, you know, it's more cut up. So maybe it's not that way, uh, which is sort of why I'm excited to, you know, see the first one live and excited that someone's doing something in New York, which doesn't really have a lot of... Um, you know, doesn't really get a lot of this. A lot of people run in New Jersey. One of the uh, the Spark Pro uh, ran their first show in New Jersey, which is close, but, you know, a hike for someone like me. Uh, used to have Evolve and things like that. Now gets more frequent GCW shows. But it's not like other uh, places that have a lot of really established high-end 
uh, wrestling promotions anymore. So I really do hope this is a success. I hope they come back to New York as well as hopefully going other places. Um, but we'll see. You never know. I think worst case scenario, it'll be an interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're definitely going to get an interesting viewing experience for sure. Like worst case scenario, it's a story where you're like, oh, I was at the Sukiban show that, you know, went really horribly. Not that, you know, I think that's guaranteed to happen, but maybe it does. Um, I just can't imagine the cost. I mean, they're flying over what? How many people did I just talk about? You know, it's a lot. And like the production people? on the videos is pretty high. So there's money in this promotion for sure. So God bless who, whoever uh, decided to do this. Because uh, it really <laughs> worked out for me. Yeah. Uh, but that is coming up. So next episode, we'll definitely be talking about that. We'll definitely be talking about the five-star Grand Prix Finals. But also we... next episode, we're kind of still up in the air because we might be able to record in person. Yes, we may be doing an in-person uh, live episode. I may be able to stare into Kelly's eyes as we talk oh. about um, as we talk about Suri uh, <laughs> and the, the five-star. I was trying to think of some random... Uh, wrestler um as we uh talk about ruaka yeah oh there we go perfect it will be a passion injection podcast because we will be live and we will um be very passionate about whatever we're talking about (laughs) because we'll be live and i think it will be fun because we've uh a little behind the scenes we've never recorded live ever no in uh however long we've been doing this show we did record live that one time for uh, John's show in Japan. Yes, we have recorded live with each other, but not for Jumping Bomb Audio. Yeah. Yeah, so we recorded hopefully... When you're... Maybe we can get your friend to come fall asleep on this one, too. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, but Kelly, do you have... Uh, I turn it over to you. I don't even know if you have anything for your uh, final thoughts of the show. So uh, since we last spoke, I got a new phone. I jumped from an iPhone 7 to an iPhone 14. So now I've got all sorts of space for apps and shit. It's great. My phone doesn't get really hot. The battery doesn't die instantly. It's awesome. Uh, so I've become addicted to Marvel Snap. And that's 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 what I'm, I've been doing. I've just been sitting on my phone playing this stupid card game. I've only, I've only dumped... Uh, $19 into it. It's, it's dangerous, but I'm having a good time. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, Marvel <laughs> Snap. I have heard of it, but I have not. It's like a card, like virtual card game, right? Yeah, so it's like, it. I guess it's kind of like war in a way because each of the cards have different like power values. And I mean, they each have different abilities as well, but you have like, three different playing locations and you have to have the highest power total at two of the three locations to win after six turns. It's fun. It takes a, you have to get pretty creative sometimes and the different locations each have different things that happen there too. So you need to be wary of that with your plans. It's, it's fun. There's a lot of strategy in it. 
All right, well, that is the plug for Marvel Snap. And we will be back with you in a snap in two weeks, talking even more Joshi. So for Kelly, my name is Taylor saying goodbye for now. Bye, everybody. time um so it just has this crazy you know mio's bleeding at one point and mayumi's like dragging her through the aisles of corican hall um you know with her bloody and takumi's on the ring apron you know yelling at the ref because ozaki's like killing mio with this chain and the chairs and everything um and it's just like the perfect for me spectacle match where it's just like, whoa, this is crazy. It's a lot of fun. Um, and the post-match where Ozaki goes up to Chigusa and drops the belt and then stomps on it. And then Chigusa's running in the ring to try and like tackle her. Um, and she's pissed. And I was like, the whole thing just comes together. You know, some people were, you know, upset that Mio lost the title, which I think makes sense. But I just think as a match, it's so like these big Ozaki matches like the one against Sayori a couple of years ago uh, was sort of a similar so thing. Um, another great match, but it's like these big matches where they just go out and it's like bloody brawls. Um, I just think are great. So I thought this was an amazing match um, and very well worth uh, watching. Damn. Well, I got to do that. I got, I have to ask though, was me did Mio get misted with red mist or was that all blood? She got misted. She got misted with red mist, but she was bleeding. Um, she was bleeding all over the place. Because yeah, it like, looked like her head got dunked in just red paint. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of that late was mist, but when she started bleeding, it was like a lot of blood immediately. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that was also blood in addition to the mist okay um, so yeah uh kelly what else has been happening in joshi in the last two weeks uh genbar is joshi offshoot ganjo had their battle garega 23 show on august 11th uh standout matches on that one for me were unagi sayaka defeating yoshihiko hasegawa uh that one kind of made me think like, hey, following Unagi's time in the Fire Festival, I think she's hitting harder than ever now. So I think that's that's interesting watching her grow as a performer. And then in the main event, Yuri defended the Ice X Infinity title against uh, Rina Amakura, who was doing 
an Amy Manasse gimmick where she was just wearing uh, Yuna Manasse's gear and doing some of her moves. Uh, but that was a fun match. I went three and a half on both of those two. Uh, and then over in DDT, they had uh, Saki Akai's 10th anniversary show on uh, August 13th. Uh, the main event of that was Saki Akai, Asuka, Mayuki, and Mayukihi defeating Shoko Nakajima, Rina Yamashita, and Takumi Aroha. This is a really fun all-star trios match. Uh, everyone worked really hard here, which is especially notable that uh, Aroha was in the States like a day and a half prior to this. <laughs> so it's like, damn, no, uh, no jet lag there. Yeah, over, I went four stars on it. Definitely worth your time. And then what is coming up in the world of Joshi in the next two weeks? Well, we got more five-star Grand Prix action on the 26th of August. Now, there was a show also um, today on August 20th. Obviously hasn't made it to Stardom World yet, but will be there soon. But on the 26th, three matches, Tom Nakano versus Natsuko Tora. Julia versus Mirai and Utami versus Micah on the 27th. Four matches Natsupoi versus Natsukatora, Amisore versus Starlight Kid, Seria No versus Hanan, and Momo Watanabe versus Mariah May on September 2nd. Four matches Mayu Iwatani against Amisore, Julia versus Momo Watanabe, Mina Shirakawa versus Azumi, and Utami versus Mariah May. And then on September 3rd will be the five star special, some five star matches, as well as much more. The five star matches Utami against Momo, Tom Nakano against Starlight Kid, Mayu Iwatani versus Suri. And then three title matches Saki Kashima will defend her high-speed title against the aforementioned Momo Kogo. Sayori Ano and Natsupoi will defend their recently won tag titles against Suzu Suzuki and May Sierra. And Mirai will defend the Wonder of Stardom title against Konami. Kelly, you think we see any title changes on that show? Uh, Konami is definitely not winning. Uh, Ko is not winning. No. <laughs> uh, maybe Suzu and May, but I doubt it. No, no title changes. Not a single one. Then Seedling at Corican Hall on August 25th has their eighth anniversary show. A big show here. We'll open with Ryo Mizunami and Miyuki Takase against you and Hiroya Matsumoto. La Pedida will face off against Kakuru Sekiguchi in a high-speed match that will be a, I guess you could call it a mask versus mask match. Um, if La Pedida loses, um, she will lose her match. If Kakuru Sekiguchi loses, she will gain a mask. Um, she will be forced to put a mask on. Um, so that's an interesting stipulation there. A six-person match, Mima Shimoto, Makoto, and Asuka will take on Miyo Momono, Itsuki Aoki, and Misa Kagura. And then on the top two, the tag titles will be defended. New champions Riko Kaiju and Ayame Sasamura will defend against Natsu Samire and Mai Yukihi. And the big main event 
for the Beyond the Sea title. Arisa Nakajima will defend against Sari um, in what should be an excellent match. Um, almost you think Sari is winning? I I think she I think she may yeah yeah uh, I think there's a good chance of that. I mean they've certainly built it up. They had the sort of you know they had the show. They've had it on seedling shows, but also on the Sariism two. Um, they had the big tag, which that all you know the Nakajima Sari interactions were a focus. So I think they built it in a way that, and it also seems like if it's not going to be Sari, who's going to actually win this title? So, yeah. Uh, um, Tokyo Joshi has a show on August 26th. Rika Tatsumi will take on De- Demonio Dos. Uh, Demonio Uno defeated by Rika Tatsumi a while back. So, Demonio Dos um, coming for some fami- family revenge, I guess. Um, <laughs> are they a family? I don't know. It could be. And then what was described in the um, auto-translate as a summer party death match, um, Mizuki and Himawari will take on Shoko Nakajima and Palm Harajuku in a match with rules to be announced later. Um, I'm so excited for whatever the hell that's going to (laughs) be. So we'll see what that is. Uh, Sendai Girls has a big show on September 2nd, the big show in Niigata their yearly big show. Um, Rhea Marumori will take on Yuna. Eureka Oka will take on the visiting Natsupoi. A classic for the last time, Sakura Horoda will take on Iger. Uh, Ryo Mizunami, Aja Kong, and uh, Britain's Lena Cross will take on Seri, Seoriano, and Chichi. Millie McKenzie will face off against Manami. Mika Iwata and Miyuki Takase will take on Kairi and Veni. And then for the tag titles in the main event, Chihiro Hashimoto and Yu will face off against Hiroya Matsumoto and Dash Chizako, the recently returned. Ice Ribbon has a Corkin Hall show on August 26th, uh, headlined by uh, a tag title match. Makoto and Hamako Hoshi will take on Yapi and Akari, as well as Sumika Yanagawa and Misa Kagura. And in the main event, Yuri will defend her Ice Infinity title against Ibuki Hoshi. That should be a good match. Kelly, anything else from you? Anything we missed? Uh, so nothing else, but I did just discover via Twitter, uh, shouts out to Joshi City at Joshi Puro. Uh, Marvelous is now doing a YouTube subscription thing where it costs like seven bucks a month and they did upload the uh, August 7th show. So I'm going to subscribe so I can watch that. Oh, yes, they did. And I believe it's 6.99 yen. So oh, if, even better. If, if you're in the States, I believe uh, with the current exchange rate, That's it's like actually... That's $3. Yeah, it's actually very cheap. Uh, Hell thank yeah. You, thank you for reminding me. I meant to mention that when I was talking about the show, but you can, yes, watch it there um, with their YouTube subscription. Yeah, so I will subscribe to that later. And Kelly, I turn the floor over to you for your um, weekly chat. Okay, so I haven't really seen anything of note 
in the past two weeks, mostly because there's been so much wrestling. But later tonight, on the day we record this, I am going to go see the new 20th anniversary 4K restoration of Old Boy. And if you've never seen Old Boy, you should watch it. It's an incredible movie. Make sure to watch the original and also don't look up anything about it. The twist ending is one of the single best in any movie. Do not ruin it for yourself. It's so good. Um, I saw The Last Voyage of the Demeter um, this weekend, and I'll recommend it to you, Kelly, because I think you might enjoy it. Okay. Um, it's a vampire slasher movie on a boat. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, someone was telling me about a boat Dracula movie. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I saw it, thought it was a lot of fun. You know, won't change your life, but very enjoyable. Okay, cool. Yeah, that, that sounds fun. <laughs> and that ends our segment recommending movies to each other at the end of a Oh, Joshi it actually podcast. is like Dracula Dracula. That's yeah, not even it's... just someone calling all vampires Draculas. You know, yes, it's actually Dracula. And this wow, is not a spoiler. Okay. It's not a spoiler because at the beginning, it's, it's based on the Dracula novel, and they explicitly say that in the first two seconds of the movie, so... Okay. Yeah, no, when someone said that to me, I thought they were just calling all vampires Draculas, which, yeah, I mean, you can't, I do that all the time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that is all for this episode of Jumping Bomb Audio, but we will see you, see you, uh, in two weeks' time. Yep, we're coming to your house. <laughs> We're busting down the door and we're going to do a podcast in your living room. We're only the first ever jumping bomb audio home invasion tour. We're only doing personal podcasts for no more than two people at a time where we will say the same things. We'll memorize a script of our thoughts and (laughs) say the same things. Uh, But anyway, for Kelly, I am Taylor and we will see you in two weeks time on jumping bomb audio. Leave your doors unlocked. We'll be by later. Hey now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Join JD by God Oliva and myself every Thursday night live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we stay up all night discussing all the hottest stories in professional wrestling. You can also check us out right here on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting feed, or you can subscribe to the Mike and JD Show feed. Now, enjoy the show. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but 
If you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.